Welcome back to Black Muse. Tonight's guest is Miss Taylor Moore, the princess of percussion. Well, she's a Chicago native, born and raised, and now she's performing on this uh, Royal Caribbean Ovation of the Sea Cruise. Very exciting stuff there. I must tell you one more thing. Her mother is a very close friend of mine. She's the legendary Trudy S. Moore from Jet Magazine. So I've sort of watched Taylor grow up. And I'm really happy to celebrate her this way today. So, Taylor, how are you? Hey, how I'm are well, you? thank you. All right. So let's get started. Let's get started here. Um, so you're playing percussion on the Royal Caribbean Ovation of the Sea Cruise. How did that gig come about? You know, first and foremost, such a pleasure to be here on your show. Uh, happy to just be here to share some information and just share my testimony of how good God has been. Uh, to your question of how me being on Royal Caribbean Ovation of the Seas came about, it started off as a funny story because an agent literally slid in my DM asking if I wanted to perform on a cruise ship. And I thought it was a scam. It, it was giving scam to me when he first did it. And you know, of course, I was like, of course, I would love to participate on a ship. Can I have some more information? Is there a contract for me to review? And so, of course, we then had a Zoom meeting for us to meet face-to-face. -face. And then it was, you know, come to find out it was legit. It was a real thing. It was no scam. Okay, okay. <laughs> and, uh, that, and that's how it came about. And really, he found me uh, from being on social media, on my, on my music Facebook page, Miss Taylor Moore. And he saw the music videos that I had been doing uh, during the pandemic. I also was DJing online as well. So I had a, a very heavy presence online during the pandemic to kind of just create a space for people to not feel alone and for us to know that we were all together during this time of being shut in and quarantined. And so I believe it was during that time that uh, Mr. Steve Nagy saw me of Steve Nagy Entertainment and later slid into my DMs asking and inquiring if I wanted to perform on the ship. And that happened like at the beginning of March. And now here we are, June, almost end of June, and I've been here for almost two months. So everything happened extremely quickly. And uh, to God be all the glory, here I am in Juneau, Alaska today, speaking with you uh, on this platform of Zoom. So uh, truly a blessing to still be able to be connected worldwide. Absolutely. So so where, where did the cruise begin and where will it ultimately end? And is it also a six-month cruise that you're on? Well, my contract is for nine months. So oh. I'm contracted oh. through, <laughs> yeah, so I'm contracted through February 2024. So I boarded the ship May 11th, which is a date I could never forget because that's my late grandmother's birthday and it was really like a sign from above to let me know that this was me moving in the right direction and God just being with me and my angels watching over me for me to start this new journey on the birthday of my late grandmother uh, so we boarded the ship in Vancouver and each cruise this is my seventh cruise uh, so, so a, a group of seven cruises, new passengers, each cruise. And so uh, their cruises last for a week. So each, yeah, so each cruise has lasted for a week. Um, I'm on the seventh one now. And it, it was so funny. I was telling my mom when I was little and I took my first cruise on the big red boat, you know, it's this idea like you never want to leave right? You're on the boat, you're on the cruise, you're having a great time. You're like, mom, I want to go. And it's like, really, this is my reality now. Like I'm literally on a cruise and I'm just like staying, staying. And I see people get off the ship and I'm saying bye to them. And it's like, but I'm staying. Yes. You know, but uh, yeah. So right now we're uh, sailing Alaska. I'm making stops in Juneau, which we are here today. Sitka, Skagway, Ketchikan, and 
yeah, it's really been a blessing. And so we'll do that run, that, that Alaska run for a couple of months, and then we'll head to Australia and then on to Honolulu. And so uh, those different spots will uh, take up that nine month contract. Wow. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Wow. Yes. yes. So how many shows do you perform per week? How many shows? So right, right now we are doing six shows a week, three nights a week, um, two shows a night, seven to nine p.m. And it's really been a blast, um, you know, to be able to perform and entertain and just really adds to the cruise experience for the people on board. What's the audience like on a cruise? What kind of people are in your audience? Sure, well, it varies. Uh, we have all walks of life, all demographics. So, you know, and, and, and that's the beautiful thing about it because, you know, you have the variety of people from around the world and it's the music that brings us all together. It's the music, it's the rhythm, it's the energy that, that binds us and and uh, we have a moment now where we're able to go through the audience. Um, obviously, during the pandemic, uh, the show was structured where it was, you know, social distance, all the actors and performers stayed on stage. But now post-pandemic, we're able to kind of go through the audience and engage a little bit with them. And so to walk by and, you know, see the little girls and see the little boys and, uh, see the senior citizens just enjoying themselves. And it's it's just yeah. a blessing. It's such a warm and fuzzy feeling to know that, wow, this is what we're igniting in people, this sense of joy and excitement. And uh, every night is a fun night. And I just thank God to be able to do something that I love to do while traveling the world. Okay. Now, how do you prepare for each show? Do you have to rehearse and all that, or it's all done? Well, absolutely. So before we got on the ship, we did three months, uh, excuse me, three weeks in Miami, preparing and putting the show together, rehearsing uh, what's called the Bay Vista at Florida International University. And so that was a fun experience because uh, I had a chance to kind of walk around the campus and actually see the students of FIU. And I'm just like, wow, like, I can only imagine, do they even know like what's happening just right across the courtyard? You know what I mean? Like there's a whole Royal Caribbean entertainment production happening um, as the students are walking to and fro calculus, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. So um, we were there for three weeks putting the show together and then we came on board and then we had uh, an installation process, which was for about three cruises where we placed the show on the stage because uh, in this particular venue, there are lifts where we pop out of the stage and we are rising on the stage. It was so funny on one of my uh, social media posts on, on Facebook, I took a picture and I said something to the effect, of my caption saying, not me popping out the stage like Beyonce. Like it was definitely <laughs> that energy. And it was just like, wow, this is so cool. Like I've never popped out of a stage before, you know? So it was an awesome experience. So when we got on the ship, we had to kind of uh, re-block and re-rehearse the show to be in this new space with the lift. Um, because when we were in Miami at FIU, we were just on a flat surface. We were just on a flat stage. Uh, where things were kind of taped off to say, okay, these are the stairs here, the lift will be here, but you don't know until you actually get in that space and really start moving on the stairs, moving on the lift, you know? So uh, we did the installation process on board for three cruises, and uh, by the end of the third cruise, we were opening, and we had our opening night, and um, last night, we did our 26th show. Wow. Wow. Yes. So now, so now we've seen a clip of uh, the Janet Jackson Rhythm Nation song. Is that Was that your opening number? Yes, that's our opening number, Rhythm Nation. And how amazing it is to perform a Janet Jackson number. Like, first of all, like I, she's one of my many muses. 
And so I just thank God that, you know, it, it, it's kind of like the vibe of I'm, I'm performing with Janet Jackson until I can perform with Janet Jackson, you know? And yeah. it's that, that space of um, just knowing that, wow, you know, baby steps, right? Baby steps. It's like, okay, today we play her song. Tomorrow we play her song with her, you know? There you go. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So let's take a minute to look at that video of Rhythm Nation from your cruise. Just let's take a minute to look at that. Very good, very good, very good. So now, before the cruise, you were a finalist in a cover song contest presented by the late Motown songwriter, Sylvia Moy. How was that experience like for you? It was a great experience. It was a great time. Um, it was so awesome to be in a space that had been cultivated by uh, a trailblazer, a legendary icon, as Sylvia Moy, and it was just a, as the late great Sylvia Moy, and uh, for her to you know put some respect on her day, yes, and yes, so uh, it, was, it was such a okay, it was such a blessing because you know to know her background and her history, to know that um, she helped to um, salvage and savor the career of Stevie Wonder, you know uh, that the you know Motown was going to kind of like throw him out to the pastures and. And she said, wait a minute, let, let me have him and let me cultivate him. And then Uptight came about. And so you have, you know, Uptight, Out of Sight, Everything's All Right, you know, and, and it's a hit. It's a jam. It's a classic. And then you yes. have My Sharia Moore. And, and to know that um, she is forever, um, you know, a staple in music history. And as a woman, as a Black woman, to have has such a groundbreaking moment to um, preserve someone else's career, which in turn gave her her sense of legacy and longevity herself. So it was just a blessing to be in that space and to cover a song. I covered um, Which Way is the Sky by Mr. Raynard Minor. And he actually called me to say, hey, I heard you did my song. You did a great job. And it was so funny because he was leaving me a voice message and Stevie Wonder was calling him as he's leaving me a message. And he was like, I'll call you back. Stevie Wonder's on the other line. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. So it, was, it was so amazing. Yeah, it was so amazing. Such a, such a surreal experience, you know? So, yeah, that is awesome. Yes, indeed. Now, Taylor, do you remember playing the pots in your living room in Chicago? Absolutely. You know what? You say pots but it was just the one kitchen pot that I always went to you know it was just that one you know and um I always remember like gravitating to that one because of the sound the timbre and it was so funny um you know I would also you know always kid and joke with my mom I said that's how you know uh I'm black and it black 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 because <laughs> in no other space would your mama say go get the pot to entertain guests Uh -huh. Okay, like you know, hey, power <laughs> to the people. We may do what it do. Okay, okay. so um, you know, for that to be my source of of entertaining people, to get that kitchen pot and and play for your auntie, play for your uncle, you know. So you all were my uh, pre audience before I even touched this worldwide stage, you know. And so, um, yeah, from the kitchen pot, I always say that. Um, well, people ask how long have I been playing? And in my color purple voice, I say, all my life I've been playing. <laughs> you know, uh, my, mom, my mom actually says that I was playing when I was in the womb and that I would only move when I heard music. So for the rest of the time, I was, 
I was still, I was, you know, she would even have to shake me to make sure I wasn't still born. Like that's how chill and laid back I was until I heard music. And then I heard music and I was just like, boom, boom, and moving to the beat and everything. And uh, mm. it's so funny because I'm, I'm literally the same way to this very day, like super laid back in the cut. But when the music is on and it's going, I'm, I'm here, I'm here with it, you know? So um, yeah, came out of the womb playing and then started on that one kitchen pot. And then the one kitchen pot turned into uh, my first drum, the African djembe drum made of tree trunk and goat skin and rope. And then from the djembe, I moved to the drum set. And it's so funny because I told my mom, I said, hey mom, I can play the drum set. And I had never been on a drum set, but I just knew that I could. I had seen myself playing the drum. And so yeah. therefore I said, I have seen myself, therefore I can do it. You know, see it, believe it, conceive it, you know? So, uh, and she was like, are you sure? <laughs> you know? And so one day we're at my late grandfather's church and the sanctuary had cleared out and she hears piano and she hears the drums going, and she looks back in the sanctuary. She's like, oh my goodness, Taylor, you can't play. And uh, after that, she bought me my first drum set, uh, state of the art, like top of the line, uh, pearl drum kit. Uh, that's no like starter kit. You know what I mean? Like that's like a pearl kit. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was so funny because playing drum set and playing hand drums are, are two different things, right? Because playing drum set, you're using all of your limbs. There's a level of coordination that is required to play drum set. So I know a lot of people who play percussion instruments like timpani, timbales, bongos, congas, but they don't play drum set. And vice versa, I know drum set players who don't play percussion instruments, timbales, bongos, congas. So I just thank God for the versatility to be able to, you know, move about and uh, be able to, to play these instruments with a level of fluidity that only comes from the Lord above. Yeah. But uh, did, did you ever dream that you would become such a sought after percussionist today? Was that ever a dream of yours or it just happened or? Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, you don't, well, I don't know the specifics. I just know that I want to do big things, you know? So that was always the dream as a little girl. Like, I just want to be big. I just want to, I just want to do big things and, um, you know, live a charm life kind of thing. And for some reason, I don't know what it is, but it's just like, I have expensive taste. It's like, I can go window shopping and sure enough, I'm picking out the most expensive thing. And I'm just like, house like house like you know and i just like well with this expensive taste i'm gonna need a job to like provide and um you know but it, it's funny because I, i'm not even like i i'm i'm actually pretty frugal but aside from that i remember growing up and being a heavy sleeper and i would like sleep hours and my grandmother would ask my mom is she ever gonna wake up <laughs> well, I'm just like knocked out and I'm sleeping and my mom and my grandmother would say well I sure hope she you know gets into a career that can accommodate her sleeping habits <laughs> and so sure enough here I am you know almost 30 years later as an entertainer where I can literally sleep during the day and I'm up all night performing all night. and you know, and so it's, it's such a blessing. But um, as far as like dreaming, I've always dreamed big, right? Like I've just always dreamed of, of, of the grandeur, of the, the, the finer things in life, right? So, so like I said, we, we, we know we want these things, but it's about how do we get there? How do we attain it, right? Because you don't just go from zero to a hundred, right? You, you literally have to, make your steps and and literally crawl before you walk walk before you run and run before you fly right and so for me it's just been a matter of trusting the process and just knowing that there's nothing that I have considered 
thought of that in due season, the Lord will bless if I continue to seek him first and put him first and give him all the honor and the glory. He will bring that to pass because he won't just like, you know, dangle carrots in front of you and be like, oh, no, I can't have that. Like if he's put it in my mind for me to achieve these things, he will give me the grace and mercy to pursue it and to obtain it. Amen. For, for Amen. his glory. Amen. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yes. yes, indeed. Yes. Now, you have a music degree from the University of Illinois at, at uh, down, down south. Urbana-Champaign. Uh, yes, sir. Champagne. Yeah, 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 yeah. How has that degree sort of helped you do what you're doing today? Well, it's been wonderful. First and foremost, you know, when I went to UIUC, and I can't believe uh, it's been almost like 10 years ago <laughs> and I came in undeclared and I was taking a lot of gen eds and everything because uh, I was still trying to decide did I want to do music do I want to do theater because I had also been uh, you know playing around and dibbing and dabbing in theater productions and did some summer theater programs um, at the University of Minnesota and they had even offered, they even offered me a scholarship to attend uh, their theater program. Uh, but I ended up receiving a full scholarship to UIUC and funded by uh, the Jackie Robinson Foundation and Aki Foundation. And got to, you know, shout them out because they helped the sister out financially. Amen. So right. um, right. when, I, when I got there, I was undecided. And so when I finally decided to major in music, because the curriculum starts like right away, the office basically, the administration, admissions and administrative offices were saying that I was a year behind. And I was a little distraught because I was just like, my scholarship money is for four years. Exactly. <laughs> you know, that, that part, that right, part. Right. <laughs> and, um, so I'm telling my mom, I'm like, mom, they're saying like I'm a year behind, you know, the scholarship money's for four years. She was like, you know, don't even worry about it. The word says that you are the head and not the tail, that you are above and not underneath, that you are ahead and not behind. And so even though I started my music degree uh, my sophomore year, I still, by God's grace, was able to finish in four years, finish on time. And, uh, you know, it, it kind of just rolled off the tongue now. But while I was in it, I was taking 21 to 22 hours when it was 12 hours to be full time. So I was basically taking like two semesters worth of hours in one semester on top of being a resident advisor, you know, doing programs for my residents, doing bulletin boards and being active in church as well where, uh, you know, I played uh, for Salem Baptist Church in Urbana, as well as Deliverance Temple uh, in Urbana. And so I just thank God. And, and I really think that because I still was adamant about going to church and being faithful, right? Because my mom called me that first Sunday I was on campus and she called me like at like eight in the morning and I'm bright-eyed and bushy. I'm like, hey, mommy, good morning. Happy Sunday. And she was like, why are you, it's eight in the morning. Like, why are you so bright-eyed and bushy? Yes. And I was like, I'm on, my way to, I'm on my way to church. And she was like, you're on your way to church. And I was like, yeah. So she thought, you know, my first Sunday away, I would sleep in and I would kind of just like, oh, I don't have to do what I've been doing all my life. I can kind of just talk, <laughs> caution to the wind kind of thing and just, you know, be in my own and just do whatever I want to do. But, um, going to church was a part of what I wanted to do. And, um, you know, staying close to God's word in um, unfamiliar territory was something that I needed um, because college life was new, but church, I knew church, you know? So I was like, at least I can have some level of normalcy, right? While I kind of travel these unchartered territory and that that will give me stability, and so I just thank God for that that um, that anchor, right? Because, like I said, it rolls off the tongue now, but Lord have mercy, 
<laughs> you know, and so, okay, exactly. So my time there at the University of Illinois at Urbana Campaign, it was amazing. Um, I also did like summer courses to basically stay on track. So, you know, I'm doing this like overload of 20 to 22 hours plus, um, you know, the summer courses. But, you know, hey, I come from a long line of ancestors who they do what they need to do to get it done. And so I'm like, I, I stand on great shoulders of, you know, pulling your bootstraps up and, and rolling up your sleeves and saying, hey, we will do what we have to do to get it done. So that's what we did. And by God's grace, finished finished on time because the money, <laughs> <laughs> money was before you. Okay? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So now your first tour was with Victory Boyd, who was personally yes. signed by Jay-Z. And I saw you yes. guys on Good Morning America with Robin Roberts. That had to be yes. an exciting time for you. Oh, it was amazing. It was amazing. And and when I talk about really seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Matthew 6, 33. It's, it's, it's a true testament. And, and like I said, um, every experience that I have gone into, when it's been new, I, I just, I revert back to what I know, which is the Lord, which is church, which is my spirituality, which is my faith. That gig actually came about because I went to church. Really? Yes. So I really? met Victory Boyd through a gentleman by the name of Anthony Boyd, but no relation, when I attended New Hope Baptist Church in Newark, New Jersey, which is the home church of the late great Whitney Houston. Absolutely. And so and so I went to that church because I was just like, and and Whitney Houston is so near and dear to my heart. She's a fellow Leo. Her birthday's August 9th, mine is August 15th. In my mind, I call her Aunt Nippy, you know, like <laughs> we have I love we it. have a connection, you know, I exactly. And so yes, yes. Uh, I I knew, you know, she that 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 Whitney Houston, she was raised in the church, and you know, when she passed, they had their her funeral at New Hope as well. But uh when I moved to New Jersey. Shout out to your hometown, uh, East Orange. Absolutely, yes. absolutely. Yes. And um, I was just like, you know, I just want to go to the church where I know Aunt Nikki encountered the Lord. Because I know she loved the Lord. I know she loved Jesus. And I just want to be in that space where she had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And so I went to New Hope. And this mm. day, I go, and I'm in the space. And it was so funny because this was actually... Um, like savings time so the time went back but I was on the wrong time so when I got there the church was empty because the time had changed right I was yeah the time had changed so the church was empty so I had to wait I was like oh it's 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 eight o'clock not nine o'clock right, right? Yes. so I'm in the sanctuary it's empty but then there's this gentleman and he just like appeared out of nowhere, kind of like an angel. And he was like on the piano, just playing. And I walk over to him and I was like, oh, it's nine. He's like, oh, it's eight. The time went back. And I'm like, okay, got you. And he introduced himself, Anthony Boyd. And we had a moment to kind of just jam. And I got on the drum set and he said, you know what? I'm working with a young lady. She's working on a project. She's with Rock Nation. And I think that you would be a great fit for her project and he introduced me to her and the rest was history. Uh, I ended up meeting with her and her father and, and her band and um, became her drummer for about almost two years and uh, wow. had a great time. We did, uh, we performed at the Essence Festival. We performed at Good Morning America and we performed at, at Bonnaroo. Okay. And uh, some some really great moments, some really great moments. And uh, all of that, like I said, all of that transpired from me going to church, wanting to seek the Lord and saying, I want to go to the place where I'm nephew, where Whitney Houston encountered the Lord. And um, in that process, uh, the, my first tour came about because that was my first touring experience Wow! as a, as a drummer and musician. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
Now, just for the record, what church here in Chicago did you grow up in? Did you grow up in church here in Chicago? Absolutely, yes. I was born and raised at the wonderful Calvary Baptist Church on Chicago's South Side. Jeffrey, yes. Uh, well, where the late Reverend C.R. Phillips baptized me when I was three. Wow. I was three years old and he baptized me. And I thank God for him because my mom and I have encountered a lot of pastors who said that they would not have baptized me at three, that they would have thought that I was too young um, to fully understand uh, or, or comprehend the, the process. But okay. uh, like I said, I just thank God for my, my pastor Phillips late Pastor Philip C.R. Phillips, who, who baptized me and who knew that I, I felt the spirit of the Lord on my life very early, very young, um, accepted it, embraced it, and I have never let go of it. Mm-hmm. And I just thank God. So so now from three to 33, oh, glory, yes, <laughs> you know, 30 years strong in the word, yes. Wow, yes. wow, wow. Yes, and, and it's so funny because, um, as, as I travel and I move about and, um, you know, people inquire my age and I say 33 and they're just like, no way, you, no way. Like easily uh, 18 to 25, you know? So yes, no, it's always um, flabbergasting when they find out that I'm actually like 33 and they're like, oh my goodness, like you don't look a day over 25, like yeah. at least minimum 18, you yeah. know? And so uh, I, I just thank God because I always say living for the Lord has preserved my youth. And uh, here I am a living, walking testimony of that. Okay, we're gonna get to some more of that in a minute, but um, the uh, celebs that you work with, can you name a few of them? Work with everybody that I, that I can think of. Can you name a few that you worked with? Yeah, absolutely. I've had the pleasure and privilege of uh, working with some amazing musicians. Um, from uh, since we were on the topic of of Whitney Houston, had a chance to play with her saxophonist Kirk Whalum, uh, who toured with her for many years. Um, who I affectionately call Uncle Kirk, and uh, I had the opportunity to play with. Uh, Sheila E. and Patrice Russian. Uh, I actually toured with the amazing icon Shirley Austin Reeves, who is the lead singer for the Shirelles, who they're in the Girl Group Hall of Fame and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And she really helped to uh, nurture me and, and show me the ropes of the entertainment industry and uh, been such a, a, a maternal figure. Uh, in this business, and you know, she she'll call me, and I'll call her, and we'll just check in. And she's been so amazing. And let me see who else. Um, the late great Andre Crouch had a chance what? to perform with him, gospel icon, uh, as well as Grammy Award-winning artist Cassandra Wilson. And okay. I had a chance to uh, not only play with her, but I opened for her uh, some years ago at Martha's Vineyard. So wow. uh, that was a great experience. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I I play with a few people. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Just a few. Just a few. <laughs> but now I want to talk about Bootsy Collins. He's a huge fan of yours. And there was a video that you had that he gave a shout out and then it went viral. Talk about your encounter with Bootsy. Yeah, you know, it, it was so dope. Uh Bootsy Collins, he's so amazing. But he was it, it was funny he caught on to the viral video and then reposted it. So I, there was a viral video that received over 20 million views and, and 20, million? He, 20 million. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And it just took on a life of its own and he got wind of it and got a hold of it and then reposted it. And he said that, um, you know, if you hear any noise, you know, it ain't the boys. It's this, it's this young lady right here putting it down, and she's bringing the funk. So, yeah. Wow. It, it was such an honor and a privilege and a blessing for him to uh, reshare my video. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Tatila, you're doing so much. You're also a motivational speaker. You're a DJ, comedian, actress, so much. But when you motivate kids, what do you tell them? Absolutely. Well, I started off as a motivational speaker at nine years old when a custodian at my elementary school wanted me to speak in his back-to-school rally that was being sponsored by his church. And so my mom and I, we both inquired, like, well, what do you want me to speak about? And he said, just whatever, let the Lord lead you. And so he said, okay, I went and I gave a message on uh, being the excellent people that God has called us to be, to, you know, turn off the PlayStation, Playstations and the Nintendos and, you know, for us to focus on our work and to put our best foot forward. And afterwards, the woman came up to my mom and she said, you know, your daughter is such a wonderful motivational speaker. And it was like that moment, a name was given to what I was doing. And so after that, uh, my mom and I, we traveled and my affectionately called my momager. Okay. My <laughs> mom and manager. And um, at nine, uh, I was speaking on on, on excellence and nonviolence. So from nine to 15, those were my like two main platforms. And then around 16, I added abstinence to my platform. So speaking on excellence, nonviolence, and abstinence. Um, and abstinence came about when a football player uh, at my high school, you know, he was trying to, you know, sweet talk me and everything. And I was just like, no, you can't sweet talk me out of my blessing because, uh, you know, the word of the Lord says for me to abstain from fornication and to practice abstinence until marriage. So that's what I'm doing and that's what I've decided. And uh, that was also coupled with uh, one of my classmates uh, who had a baby in the bathroom and then discarded of it in the dumpster and it made the news. And so this was during like the court car pickup. So my mom and I, we were just having this conversation about the football player and we're walking up and the cameras and the lights are all, you know, surrounded and swarming the building and everything. And it's just like, wow, this is, you know, sometimes the negative result of, you know, when those sweet nothing turn into a big something, you know? So, um, I, I knew then and there that my decision and my conviction to, to practice abstinence um, was definitely uh, meaningful and necessary for such a time as this. And it's so funny because, you know, when I was saying that, hey, I'm, I'm practicing abstinence until marriage, you know, starting at 16, I'm like, okay, well, the Lord's going to send me my husband at 20. Okay, he's going to send me my husband at 20. Okay, and then 20 came and still no husband. <laughs> I'm like, okay, he's going to send me my husband 21. (laughs) And now I'm 33. And I'm still saying, I'm like, okay, Lord, all right now. All right. Um, I I know your word says, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Lord, help us, help us. (laughs) But, you know, from 16 to 33, I'm still saying the same thing. I'm still practicing abstinence until marriage. And um, I know that. The longer I wait, the bigger the blessing God will provide because, you know, the, the saying goes, if you wait longer than you expect it, then expect to get more than what you plan for. So I'm right. just here believing that and trusting that because uh, it's been a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're so silly. Yeah. yeah. So now you're also uh, you're an author of a children's book. What made yes. you move towards that? Oh, <laughs> show me again. Show me again. What, what's the name? What's the name of the book? Uh, Taylor's Magic Hands. Okay. Yes, okay. and so I, I just wanted to write a children's book because I, I'm so fond of children. I, I've had the opportunity to be a teacher in the Chicago public school system as well as be a teacher in the East Orange, New Jersey school system and uh, teaching drums after drum work and everything. And it's just been such a blessing to kind of um, share nuggets of wisdom with them and to, you know, see them grow as, as young people into, you know, adults and just to have a part in their development. I remember um, 
even when I was uh, teaching in the Patterson, New Jersey school system, um, we had a chance to, in our after school program, have moments where we would pray in and pray out of our drum session. And so I remember that that was like right before the pandemic happened. And I was just like, Lord, I pray that they remember what to do in moments of, of stress or, or turmoil or just, you know, just as a constant reminder that you would bring that time of praying in and praying out back to their memory during mm-hmm. this time of being quarantined, you know? And so um, while I was quarantined, the Lord just put on my heart, like, uh, to, to write a children's book because I was watching, I actually attended a seminar and it was on entrepreneurship and one of the guest speakers mentioned how if you want to determine a man's being just look at his time structure from when he's born to seven years old so literally just first first from when he's born to seven you can determine the man you can determine the woman and so we look at at adults who are 40 50 and they're still grappling with things that happen in their childhood, right? Things that happened when they were from birth to seven years old. And so I thought that that was like really intriguing that, you know, he gave that number that he said, hey, uh, show me a child from birth to seven and I'll show you the adult version of them. And I was just like, wow. And so then the Holy Spirit was like, tell your story, but you know, through a children's book. And and I'm, I'm so fond of this book. This is actually a series. This is the first book of many more books to come um, because it's really just telling my story as a child. Um, it's a rhyming story. So it's, it's really like I, I like to say it's Dr. Seuss meets Maya Angelou. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, man. All right. Yes, All right. yes. So, you know, it has that fun, fun rhyming theme to it. But there's that depth, right? There's that depth. And that's why I say it's really... Uh, for ages three and up, because it's it's relatable across the board um, to to all ages, to the young and young at heart. So I'm really excited about this series. This is the first book, Taylor's Magic Hands, and uh, looking forward to uh, release more of the series. And I, I have always had the idea to release like an autobiography, right? But I, I feel like I'm still living right? I'm still living that part of what would be the autobiography, right? I'm still writing the pages, but for the pages that have been written that have helped me to get to this part, God said, okay, I can tell that part and release that. And so uh, we're starting at infancy, right? Because this is, this is where it started. Little Taylor, you know, little baby Tay-Tay. <laughs> so um, before I get to the real crux of the you know, the adult autobiography, right? There's the pages of the children's book that are um, have cultivated me into the young woman that I am today. And so, you know, the phrase, if, if I could help somebody as I travel along this road, then my living will not be in vain. So, living will be in yeah. vain. I love it. Yeah. So tell us how we can find the book. How can we buy the book? Absolutely. My book can be found on my website, MissTaylorMoore.com, and just click the shop tab and it'll lead you right there. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yes. Believe it or not, I'm almost done. Um, In my research on you, something came up. What is Queen E Production? That name, Queen Queen E Productions LLC. Yes, LLC, yes. LLC, yes. Well, my late grandmother and my late great-grandmother, they were both named Queen. Yes. So my late great-grandmother, she was Queen Esther. And my late grandmother, she was Queen Elnora. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, obviously my cousins, they would say Aunt Queen. And, and, and it's so funny because um, right now we're in a time period where everybody's calling each other Queen and King. Like, hey, King. Hey, Queen. You know, and, 
and, and this, this sense of royalty and just like embracing our royal being, right? But my grandmother's name, government name, was actually Queen. Right. Um, and so right. as as was my great grandmother. And my great grandmother, she was a sharecropper. Mm. And my grandmother, my grandmother was a domestic house worker until she passed away in 2011. I'm sorry, in, in 2001. In 2001, when she passed away. And to know that, you know, I stand on the shoulders of a sharecropper, of a domestic house worker. And so that was me paying homage to them to say thank you for, you know, working in that hot sun. Thank you for scrubbing those toilets and scrubbing the floors. So when I go DJ or when I, you know, perform and I get a check for DJing or for playing the drums with their name on it, Queen E Productions LLC, I just say to God be all the glory. I couldn't have done it without them. You know, I stand on their shoulders and this is me just loving on them and just knowing that their legacy continues and that I'm so grateful and so thankful for their their sacrifice. So that that is Queen E Productions LLC. That is beautiful. Oh my God. Okay, 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 okay. Now you now's your time. You're a woman of faith. Can you share yes. some, some scriptures that you you pull out to encourage you, let you know that you're that you still have blessed assurance or whatever? Absolutely. Yeah. Like my main scripture that I hold near and dear to my heart okay. is Galatians 6 9. And let us not be weary and well doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Yeah. Yes. And and right before that, um, Galatians six through seven speaks of, you know, whatever you sow to, that's what you will reap. If you sow to the flesh, you'll reap flesh. If you sow to the spirit, you'll reap abundance. And then let us not be weary in well doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And so um, I just thank God because, you know, a lot of times in doing, in, in doing the right thing and in sowing into the spirit, it can be difficult. It can be hard, especially when you see that, um, you know, people are sowing. It, it, it looks like it's, it's so much fun and it's so, you know, lucrative sowing into the flesh. But God is like, no, sow into the spirit. Like, that's where it is, you know, and, um, you know, just being steadfast in that and just knowing that, hey, each his own, you know, to, to those who sow to the flesh, hey, by all means, have at it. Like, do you, boo, you know, <laughs> but, you know, you know, I'm going to do what feels right for me. And, and that's to sow into the spirit and to sow into, you know, being a good citizen and just being who God has called me to be uh, at all costs, at all costs. Cool. Well, we're down to my last question. This is the uh, Black Muse video podcast. And I always ask the guests who inspired them. So now I ask you yeah. a little more. Who yeah. has inspired you? Who who inspires you even now? Yes. Well, earlier I mentioned how Janet Jackson is one of my many people who I admire, who um, is a muse to me. But Hands down, without a shadow of a doubt, come what may, morning, noon, and night, my mama is my first muse. She is the first muse for me. Um, I have seen my mother be feature editor at Jet Magazine, take a drastic case cut to go into the school system to spend more time with me and make those sacrifices be there taking me to my, you know, piano recitals, taking me to my drum practices, just waiting in the car, falling asleep in the car, me coming up, knocking on the car door window, you know, to wake her up because she's falling asleep because she's so tired and exhausted. And to know that my mom chose me and every day she chooses me. And I think that 
in, in the society that we live in, so many people are, are searching and looking to be chosen, right? Like that's why this whole media sensation is, is so, you know, overwhelming because everyone is seeking attention to be chosen, right? And thank God that, can you hear me? I hear you now, yes. Uh-oh, can you hear me? I, I hear you fine, can you hear me? Awesome, yes, yes, my earpiece just uh, went out, but I'm glad you can still hear me though. Yes. Yep. So awesome, yeah, so I'm just so glad that my mom chose me and um, to know that, you know, she could have stayed at, at Jet Magazine, you know, making those large figures, but she decided to say, no, like, I don't want to choose between um, going to my daughter's recital versus interviewing Denzel Washington or Janet Jackson, you know, like that, that was, you know, and it was so funny. I say that and, and somebody was like, well, I would just take it with me, you know, but sometimes that's not always the option, you right. know? Um, and she was just like, no, I don't want to leave her with the babysitter. I don't want to leave her with this one and that one. Um, so I'll step down and I'll make that sacrifice, you know? And, um, uh, because of that, I am so grateful and so thankful. And uh, my plan is to to get back to what she gave up um, in a sense that she was interviewing people, but there will be a time where she will be interviewed for, you know, how she did it, for, you know, the sacrifices she made and, and the fruit that came of it because of her sowing and planting and and being faithful. So yeah. my mom is my muse. My I mommy. It. I love it. us more. <laughs> yes indeed. Yes indeed. Anything else you want to share since we we got you here? Anything else on your mind? I'm just so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. You know, I affectionately call you Uncle Clarence. You've known me since I was a little bitty baby. Enough, sure enough, sure <laughs> and enough, now sure I'm all grown up now. And so it's it's been a blessing. Um, you know, it's so funny. I, I do consider like myself a, a jet baby. I was one of the uh Johnson <laughs> JPC babies, you know. Um, uh -huh. so I, I just thank God that um, you know, you all have uh, continuously sewn into me and just supporting me throughout the years. And I just thank God for all of you all. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you for a great conversation. I really enjoyed talking to you. Bless okay. you. Thank you, Uncle Clarence. Right. <laughs> Take care.